Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the podcast that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and co-host of Dead Pilot Society. I want to start out this time with the stuff I usually put at the end. First of all, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. We really don't want you to miss an episode. And while you're there, please leave us a rating. It only takes a minute and it really helps. You know, look, I listen to podcasts all the time that ask me to leave a rating. And you know what? I never do it. But don't be a dick like me. Leave us a nice five-star rating. Also, you should really follow us on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram and Facebook at Dead Pilots Society. That way you'll find out about all of our live shows. This week on the show, you get to hear the final remaining unaired script from the very first Dead Pilot Society. That first time uh, we did Laurel and Holly by myself and Ted Cohen, which is episode zero of this podcast, of sort of our pilot. Um, then My Cousin Thor by Ira Ungerleiter, which was the last episode I posted three weeks ago. And finally, Assisted Loving by Claudia Lanau, creator of How to Live with Your Parents for the Rest of Your Life, Accidentally on Purpose, among other shows. You know, when I initially had the idea of doing this, Ira, who's been my best friend since fifth grade, he was the first person I called and you know got on board. And then I called my agent. Uh, I haven't really mentioned her on the podcast before, so I'll give her a little shout out. Nancy Josephson at WME, my one and only agent my whole career. And I asked Nancy if she had any clients with great dead pilots. And she said that, in fact, my friend and former co-worker, Claudia Lanau, had one. She sent me Assisted Loving. I read it and absolutely loved it. Uh, I think it is probably the best thing Claudia has written. You know, she started, uh, what's interesting, she started with a book. She, she can't remember the author's name in the interview, but it's Bob Morris. Uh, so she started with this book, but she made it incredibly personal. She used herself and her father and her brother as inspiration for the characters, and you can tell. Everyone is so specific and well-drawn. We've got a great cast for this. Sarah Chalk, Luca Jones, Kevin Dobson, Anna Camp, Molly Shannon, Pooch Hall, Jamie Denbo, Tiffany Haddish, who I didn't really know when we did this, but who's blown up lately, uh, Girls Trip, among other things. Um, my co-host, Ben Blacker, interviewed Claudia about this pilot, and she says something that is absolutely true, I've found, about writing for network television, and, and that is that male characters can get away with so much more. She says, quote, Does anyone listen to Dan Carlin's hardcore history out there? I love the way he always says, quote. Claudia says, quote, You want to get notes? Write a show with a female lead. The box of acceptable female behavior is very small. Unquote. Uh, I really have found that that's the case. And I I think it's worth mentioning because I know there's been some controversy lately around the fact that all of CBS's new shows have male leads and that one of the CBS executive vice presidents said that they did make six pilots with female leads, but they weren't felt to be as good as the ones that got picked up. Now, why is that? I mean, is it because the shows with female leads were over-scrutinized and over-noted? Is it because the writers of those shows with female leads, whether they were male or female, is it possible they didn't feel the same creative freedom and felt more constricted? Look, I don't know for sure, obviously, but it's worth thinking about. Also worth thinking about buying a Casper mattress. Dead Pilot Society is supported in part by Casper. 
an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Casper mattresses feature supportive memory foam for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Now that's what they asked me to say, but it really is true. I sleep on a Casper mattress and it's so great. I like it so much. I got a second one for my guest room. My teenage nephews were just in town and they could not get over how comfortable the mattress was. They're like, what is this mattress? I think every other mattress manufacturer should be seriously nervous right now. Casper mattresses arrive in a box. You open the box, the mattress is in there, all rolled up and compressed and wrapped in plastic. You peel that plastic off. The mattress is in there in another plastic bag, and it just it starts to unfurl and expand. And in just like seconds, it's a mattress at full size. That part is super cool. I'd love to just keep buying mattresses just to watch them unfurl. Uh, you don't have to go to a mattress store and do that weird thing of lying on mattresses in front of people. They have a risk-free trial and return policy. You can try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days, free delivery to the U.S. and Canada, painless returns. The mattresses are made in America, and you, Dead Pilot Society listeners, can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com deadpilots and using promo code deadpilots at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so now uh, here is Ben Blacker's interview with Claudia Lanau, followed by Assisted Loving, right after one more brief message. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager and I was two butts, 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 butts. Uh, Claudia Lano. Oh, okay, good. No, you're you here. Claudia Lano. I'm here. I'm here. Claudia Lano is here. here. Thank you. Um, the you were kind enough Thank to uh, let us table read assisted loving your pilot, your dead pilot. Well, we'll see. For I, dead, I, I don't. I don't. Case, I right? don't give up. I never give up. That's you know what I've done a few of these now. Uh, these sort of lead-ins to the Dead Pilot Society recordings, and that is generally the attitude: is nothing's ever dead. I just, I, it's like I said, you know, just because they said no doesn't mean I said mm-hmm. no. I, I'll, I'm, you know, I'm, it was a great pilot. People were like, that's the best one you ever wrote. And I've that's had really four shows. So yeah. I was like going, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> I guess that was worth it. But there was something special about this pilot. Thank you. Um, we should say very quickly, uh, we had Sarah Chalk, uh, Kevin Dobson, Pooch Hall, Luca Jones, among many other actors. Yeah. Um, Tiffany this, Haddish in this reading yeah all so good yeah um, and this was from the very first Dead Pilot Society reading yes uh, Andrew Reich uh, with whom you you have worked yes love um, so what was the process for Assistant Loving How, where did this come from okay and who bought it and who killed it okay um, Assisted there's a book Assisted Loving about a uh Gay Bachelor, I think it's an autobiographical book. And now I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, I haven't eaten anything. Okay. Uh, About a bachelor son 
setting up his widowed father that I loved. And I said, oh, I think I could really do something with that, you know. And uh, at the same time, my father was visiting from New York, me and my brother, who was Michael Rappaport. And I, I don't know if I've saved the text, but um, my brother was texting me, uh, this mofo's driving me crazy, this no- mofo be talking greasy 24-7. My brother is Michael Rappaport. This, you know, this mofo, you know, I uh, told him, I told this mofo, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. Mofo hasn't talked in a half hour, you know. And I thought to myself, well, why don't I make this this main character in my mind, my brother, and add hmm. me into the story and make this uh, father my father. And that's how it came. It was about a, a, a brother and sister, brother and a half-sister, um, trying to uh, help their father find love because he's driving them crazy <laughs> after he's hurt his back. That's great. Thank you. Um, and who who was it developed for? It was um, developed at Universal for NBC, okay. and uh, you know, <laughs> it was uh, smooth sailing. I have to say, uh, I was convinced it was going to go forward. Sure, you know, uh, well, because I mean, in part you have to be. Yeah, but this time I yeah. was a hundred percent positive. So what happened? I don't, you know, I don't really even know what happened because no one ever said we don't like it. I mean, the, all the things we got from the network was they love it, Hmm. you know, and um, it just didn't go. I mean, we had to make other things. (laughs) They had to make other things. Yeah. Um, What was the development process like what kind of notes were you getting on this? I did not get a lot of notes on really? this. Well, I, you should have known it wasn't going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually, in contrary to what you yeah. think, um, my experience has been that if you're not getting a lot of notes, it goes forward. Hmm. That has been my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, things are smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a very, I mean, and, and a lot of the stuff you've done, like they're very pure ideas. So yes. it feels like if the network or studio can get behind that, yes. they're going to sort of let you go. Yeah, and I, I, so I, I think almost everything I've ever developed, there was some in terms of breaking the story for how to live mm-hmm. where there were a bunch of notes, but, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't, they weren't big notes. Sure. They were more, how much story do do the parents need their own story? And the sure. studio and the production company thought yes. And the network ultimately said no. Just put them, you know, we're good if it's a one big A story. You don't need mm-hmm. a B story. There's enough going on. So, uh, gotcha. you know, that. so that I went, yeah, that's what right. I thought. But for Assistant Loving, that wasn't even the case. It wasn't even the case. Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was a very clear story to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was this table read? And this was some months ago, so yeah. I'll ask you to think back. But okay. was this the first time you had heard it read out loud? Oh, yeah. How was that for you? It was fantastic. I mean, you know, there was some really fun aspect of, well, first of all, Sarah Chalk is 
just real one of the best people in the whole world I've ever worked with. And um, I really loved hearing her do that sort of neurotic, uh, sarcastic character Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, the sweet and lovable, which uh, is who she really is. Um, But I thought she did a great spin on that. And um, Luca is, uh, you know, adorable. But Kevin Dobson played my stepfather on Knott's Landing. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so... How funny. I just felt like, he, you know, was really like, would he be good at this? And then he, like, blew... So good. He, like, blew the roof off the place. <laughs> it, you know, so that was really wonderful, though. Boy, did it ever make me go, I, why aren't we making this? I just don't understand. Yeah. It was... I, I, I mean, that's what everybody was saying to me. It was so good. <laughs> I you think... know, I, I, you know, I, my brother is, uh, you know, obviously a big person in my mind, who is a hilarious person who I wrote for for uh, two years mm-hmm. on the War and Home, but who I can also imitate. And uh, as I said in the podcast, the, you know, and my father, which I really exaggerated, by the way, my dad's not really like that, but you know, a little bit. Um, but, you know, I found that as a writing experience, just heaven. Hmm. I really loved it. That's great. You know, really so, at the, you know, if nothing else, you know, uh, he's always inspired me. Um, you know, it was great to write something with a male lead. I know, uh, you know, uh, if you're a girl, you're supposed to be making more parts for women. You know, it's like, you know, well, I there's mean. A great, there's great parts for women in it. But, yeah, I mean, that is different for you looking at it. Well, your... I mean, it's different for almost every girl. I don't know. <laughs> that's gonna, Maybe that was bad. I don't know. I mean, but, uh, you know, I had a conversation with another female writer who was uh, something about writing parts for women and I was like I've created four female led shows is that it am I not allowed to do anything else you know I I I mean I'm not the female writer I don't just write female people I I I love writing men you know men can get away with more it's true <laughs> and they, I mean and talk about this notes script. yeah talk about notes you want to get notes write a show with a female lead I bet it's oh, uh, the box of acceptable female behavior is very. But well, you didn't get that on assisted loving, did you? No, she's not the lead. No, I mean, she. It's funny though that you say she. She feels like the lead. In she a doesn't lot talk of first. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So I was like going, oh, she can really do a lot of because yeah. she's not. It's the a good, boss good trick. of the show. <laughs> can um, get away with more. I think uh, I think people really enjoy hearing it. I hope so. I know we did. Thank you again for letting us do it. it oh my god! I can't wait to hear it on the podcast. Is it out already? It's happening. Oh, okay. Right? Great. Yes. Now. Are stacks of unread books taking over your apartment? Do you constantly miss your train stop because you're caught up in reading? I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We party hard. And by party hard, we mean read books. So join us every Thursday on Reading Glasses, a maximum fun podcast about reading and book culture. Get more out of your reading life. We'll help you conquer your to-be-read pile. Get out of that book slump. And squeeze more reading time into your busy day. Learn Learn how how to read read better. better. Wow, that was good. (laughs) Exterior tennis court day. 
Joe cannonballs a tennis ball into his opponent. That's my dad, Joe. He likes classical music, Thomas Pynchon, and movies where the old guy beats up the young guy. <laughs> Exterior Manhattan Street Day. Joe, smoking a cigar, rides his motorcycle towards a group of boys harassing a girl. Joe grabs a baseball bat. He calls a baseball bat his Italian machine gun. He's the all-time toughest Jew, other than Jesus. That guy put up with a lot. Joe runs towards the boys who scatter. Interior, fancy restaurant, night. Bonnie laughing with fancy friends. A waiter puts food in front of Bonnie. That's my older half-sister, Bonnie. She likes cocktail parties, Tina Fey, and exaggerating things that happen to her. <laughs> she says she's got food issues because when her mom breastfed her, our dad would yell, she's not getting enough. Pretty sure that's an exaggeration. Bonnie takes a scale out of her purse and weighs her chicken. Exterior, Manhattan Street. Exterior, Manhattan Street, night one. Mike and Gerald dribble a basketball down the street. I'm Mike. I'm great. I like basketball. I like basketball, Al Pacino, and black people. Mike dribbles towards camera. I had dreams of being in the NBA, but no one wants a Jewish point guard who has anxiety-related pooping issues. Exterior, Keeby's apartment later that night. Mike on his cell and Gerald are beneath Keeby's apartment. Keeby, I know you're home. I can see Scandal playing. Look, I'm sorry I watch porn and I don't budget my time well enough to clear the browser, but if you don't pick up, me and Gerald are gonna throw rocks at your window. Keeby? Hangs up. Now we gotta find rocks. <laughs> Man, there aren't any rocks in Bushwick. <laughs> the earth is made of rock. Rock, dirt, and underneath that is lava and monsters. <laughs> okay, all I see is a crack pipe and I'm not touching it. <laughs> Who would have thought the stupidest part of this idea would be a lack of rocks? <laughs> Hold up, I got Tic Tacs. Mike pours Tic Tacs into his mouth, then into Gerald's, then into his and Gerald's hand. They throw them at the window. Kibi opens it and starts throwing Mike's stuff out into the street. Kibi, don't be mad. So I like gangbangs, and who doesn't? Me, vaginas, and the state legislature. <laughs> hey, I'm not threatened by your mandingo vibrator. I invite him to the party, give him his own pillow. <laughs> That's polite. He's intimidating. I don't want to. I don't want to make him mad. <laughs> Kibi, don't you find it ironic that you're always railing about stereotypes of angry black women, and now you're being one? I never should have showed you that black feminist blog. Kibi throws her vibrator at his head. Ow! Okay, that is intimidating. <laughs> Kibi shuts her window. Mike's phone rings. That's weird, my dad never calls. As Mike and Gerald pick up Mike's clothes from the street. This is a story about how a ladder, a bald lady, and some loud ass Serbians brought a family together. <laughs> Interior, staircase, Joe's building later that night. Mike, carrying loose clothes, takes the stairs two at a time. Interior, elevator, Joe's building, simultaneous. Bonnie checks her makeup in the mirror. Interior hallway, Joe's building moments later. Bonnie and Mike, out of breath, reach Joe's door. They hop. 
I called you three times before. I was at the gym trying up. on clothes. Dad had skinny hair there. Hurt himself. Did Dad specifically ask for me? They break apart. <laughs> Why you always gotta make a thing a thing? Why are you always gotta say my things are things? <laughs> Mr. Rappaport, use your arms. Interior, Joe's apartment, night. Mike and Bonnie enter. We see a ladder and a speaker halfway attached to the ceiling. The doorman, Luigi, tries to help Joe, who is on the floor. Use your English. You're here. I must be dying. Don't make a face. I'm just busting your balls. I don't have balls. Is that my fault, too? Scientifically, yes. Mike and Bonnie help Luigi with Joe. Enough! What happened? I couldn't tell on the phone through the screaming. And try to attach speaker to ceiling. He fallen hard as back. Uh, you know my new neighbors, the Serbians? The ones that moved into the Puerto Ricans place? <laughs> they play their TV and it's always everybody loves Raymond. You know who doesn't love Raymond? Me. <laughs> I don't love Raymond. What kind of title is that? It destroys the suspense. It's not dramatically satisfying if everybody loves the main character. That's why they call it Everybody Loves Hamlet. Luigi <laughs> <laughs> takes Mike and Bonnie aside. They speak Sada. Listen, he pain in my asshole ever since Mrs. Rappaport died. She wasn't Mrs. Rappaport. My mother was Mrs. Rappaport. Yeah, and before that, my mother was Mrs. Rappaport. She never took his name because feminism, but the point is, his third wife was just Linda. Drunk Linda. Drinda, for short. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you high five of a dead woman? No. Just for a minute. <laughs> it's not Raymond, it's Wheel of Fortune. Who can they possibly get from that show? They're not good with the American idioms. I think they're just fascinated by the spinning wheel like a cat. <laughs> I'll get ice in Advil. I'll follow so I can walk away. <laughs> Luigi crosses with them. Mike fills up a bag of ice while Bonnie gets water and Advil. Listen, your daddy's lonely. That's why he act out. The condo board wants a daddy to stop. Okay, could you please not call him my daddy? It's oddly sexual coming from a 35-year-old male. Listen. <laughs> Take care of your daddy. Or they kick him out and he die on the street and his body lie there for days until the manager said, Luigi, push that body into the sewer. And guess what? Luigi said, yeah, you got it, boss, because Luigi, he's a good worker. Good night, Mr. Appleford. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. You be nice to Luigi, you. You're a good son. Sometimes. Bonnie rolls her eyes, grabs her stuff, and crosses to the door. Well, you two boys chitty chat, and uh, I'll check in with you later. Run, run, Mike runs towards her like he was shot out of a cannon, blocking her from the door. Then, faux casual, like a cop. Whoa, uh, where do you think you're going? To my Overeaters Anonymous meeting. You cock-blocked my big giving him the Advil moment. Anyway, you're his favorite. See how many pictures there are of you? And oh, look, here's a teeny tiny one of me. Wait, that's not me. Who is that? Uh, me with long hair, but I'm not his favorite. <laughs> Dad, when's my birthday? Summer. <laughs> January. See you Thanksgiving. She starts to cross Mike Grabzer. Just one night. Uh, tomorrow, we'll take him to the doctor. He'll get better. Uh, I'll make up with Kibi and we can go on with our lives. Come on. The three of us, 
We never hang out together. It'll be fun. Who wants to help me go to the bathroom? <laughs> It'll be short. Exterior, busy street, day two. Mike and Bonnie help Joe as he walks slowly with a walker. You look tough, you look tough without walker, Dad. What, what's it made out of? Titanium? You could do some damage with that thing. Crack some heads. Crack some walnuts. Wish I had a sexy cage around me. Mike and Bonnie talk sorrow behind Joe's back. This is a nightmare. Calm down. People hurt their backs all the time. Ow! I just hurt mine. Were you not in the room when the doctor said degenerative spondylolisthesis? Yeah, but I was playing Panda Pop. It's bad. Okay, there goes the tennis, his motorcycle. Kiss that baby goodbye. There's physical therapy, maybe surgery. The doctor thought we should hire a nurse. We can't afford a nurse. Who's gonna be the nurse? This? Right here, walking slower than that toddler. This is your life now. My life? Mm -hmm. I was the weekend's daughter. I can do weekends. <laughs> but just because I'm living uh, with him temporarily doesn't mean I should have all the responsibility. I have my podcast. <laughs> and America thanks you. But I'm writing an article about artisanal cheeses, so I need to go to a lot of meetings, because cheese is one of my trigger foods. <laughs> but doing crap you hate for people you're mad at is what family's all about. So we'll take them in shifts. Hey, numbskulls, I can hear you. <laughs> and I don't want to see you two either. Faked orgasms with both your mothers. <laughs> they got blood. That's the only reason you exist. You should walk into traffic. You don't have it in you to walk into traffic. I do. Don't dare him to walk into traffic. He's walking so slow, we'll have flying cars by the time he gets there. Interior Mike's podcast offices, day two. Mike interviews basketball great uh, Earl the Pearl Monroe. Did I give that part out? Uh, 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 okay, uh, good. Joe is there, as is Gerald, working the technical side. Earl the Pearl, what the Knicks did in 70 and 73 set a standard that resonates to this day. Is there a question in there? Dad, be quiet. Don't listen to me. I just managed the radio station for 20 years. Mike takes body, which we see on screen. This mofo be talking greasy 24-7. <laughs> he just saw it because his girlfriend kicked him out. Can't say I love you with a straight face. I thought it was the porn. That was, that was masking intimacy issues. Intimacy issues. <laughs> Don't help him. I can say it. Okay. I love you. It looks like you're mocking me. <laughs> it looks like... You might have a whole idea of love. Why? Why, did you say like Barry White? Like, uh, who loves you, baby? Don't talk in a black voice. <laughs> you do it all the time. You said the N-word this morning. I was quoting Jay-Z. I was in the shower. And I'm allowed to because I'm one of them. You're a Jew from the Upper East Side. <laughs> but inside, I'm black. I'm like Hanukkah Gelt. <laughs> this is a disaster. Uh, you can cut all this. Uh, we're live streaming. I don't know what streaming is. <laughs> but you know the word live? <laughs> Interior, Overeaters Anonymous meeting, church, day three. A circle of women of various sizes and ages and one uncomfortable man are seated. Joe listens as Bonnie shares. I'm Bonnie, and I'm a compulsive overeater. 
Bonnie. But thanks to the program, I'm staying away from my trigger foods, like cheese. The group applauds. <laughs> Joe raises his hand. Michelle points to Joe. I'm Joe, Bonnie's father, and I don't get it. You sit around and talk about food? <laughs> no, usually I talk about you, but you're here. Why? What'd I do? I only saw you every other weekend. And when you did, she had to sleep on the couch. That couch is delightful. It enters the room. I had to pay five Puerto Ricans to get that couch up the stairs. And you called her chunky. She was. So are you. Everybody happy? <laughs> Bonnie texts Mike, which we see on the screen. Is it too late to sign this mofo up for a death panel? <laughs> Exterior Park, day four. Mike and Bonnie are exhausted. They watch Joe take a Tai Chi class with Tuan, his physical therapist. Nearby, small children play while their mothers watch. I was photoshopping my Facebook pics last night when all of a sudden it hit me. Maybe Dad didn't fall off that ladder by accident. Maybe his subconscious made him fall so we'd give him attention. He doesn't want attention. Mike points at Joe, who mocks Tuan by doing karate. Ah, sure. <laughs> the class laughs at Joe's Enter the Dragon sound effects. Mike's mom, Joa, enters, throwing her arms around Mike. Ma! Oh, hello, darling. Are you all right? You look thin. And you look old. <laughs> Aw, I'll never forget what Dad told me after you left him. You don't have to like your stepmother anymore. <laughs> oh, he said the same thing to me, and I said, anymore. I'm here to help, as requested, but only for a little while. I have to get, my, I have to get back to my horses. They're like my children. <laughs> as am I. Mike and Bonnie watch as Joie laughs and crosses to Joe. <laughs> it's Joie to the rescue. Ooh, Tai Chi. That goes perfectly with the Thai stick I smoked in the limo. <laughs> He's laughing. Maybe you were right. He does need attention. Female attention. I love that you're saying I'm right, but I don't want him to get back together with your mom. Oh, that won't happen. She's dating a 28-year-old bongo player named Philippe who claims to be Jamaican, but I think is just lazy and likes wearing green. <laughs> there are other old ladies out there. If we find someone for him, our problems are solved. That settles it. We get dad off our ass by getting him some ass. Hey, high five, a young mother enters. A young mother enters, releasing her son to play with the other kids. Which one is yours? Oh, the, the old one, making racist gestures. Bonnie points to Joe doing Chinese eyes for joie. You be nice to Tuan, you. Head back, Tuan. Act two. Interior restaurant later. Mike, Bonnie, Joe, and joie occupy their regular table at the Barking Dog, a restaurant next door to Joe's apartment. So uh, me and Bonnie were thinking it's time for you to jump back into the dating scene. Hmm, I love all the words in that sentence. Yeah, but I'm still mourning Linda. Really? Why? She was my wife. She didn't leave me like you did, besides dying. Oh, dying was the first interesting thing she ever did. <laughs> Linda would want you to be happy. I'm not so sure about that. Ma! What is the matter with you? What? I'm helping. I'm the helpful ex-wife. 
Unlike your mom, who's so self-obsessed. Schwa gets mesmerized by her reflection in the mirror. <laughs> Dad, you're tall, you have your original teeth, you don't have weird old man glassy eyes. You used to be a cat. <laughs> I just don't feel very confident with, you know, what with my back all messed up, my prowess is compromised. That's why God invented cowgirl and reverse cowgirl. <laughs> It's when the lady's on top and, and you take a rest and enjoy the show, have a sandwich even. You might as well. Your hands are free. It's hard to believe your girlfriend kicked you out. <laughs> Joe loves cowgirl. Do you remember Joe, our honeymoon? <laughs> He's in, or he will be once you find him someone to be in. Oink! <laughs> I'm funny today. <laughs> What about the women in your Tai Chi class, like Ms. Feynman? Oh, smells like sauerkraut. Ms. Beck? Two Jesus. You know, like Jesus helped her find her glasses. It's not all about you, lady. Give Jesus a rest so he can fix out Ebola. You got a lot of standards for a man with a gimp leg. Interior Joe's apartment, night four. Mike, Bonnie, and Gerald set up an account for Joe on Our Time, the dating website for the over 50 set. What's the matter with this one? Cat uh, Smart 62. Her profile name is Cat Smart. Either she has a cat, which she didn't mention, so something's wrong with the cat. I guarantee you. Her name is Cat, which is not a name for a human woman. Also, she thinks she's smart, really. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> well, how about fine wine? They all look at the photo. Wowza, hubba hubba, huh, Dad? Beautiful, rich, loves Leonard Cohen. Plus, she's got that Helen Mirren thing going on. She's the queen, but when that tiara comes off, she's straight nasty. <laughs> <laughs> and she owns a wore classic six overlooking the park. Bonnie hugs the computer. Oh, she's my new mommy. <laughs> so what do you think, Joe? Like, normally I'm not into older white women, but I would do her in the dark. <laughs> she's, she's okay. Good enough. Let's send her a flirt. I'm excited. On the screen, we see fine wine give Joe a thumbs down. What, thumbs down? What? What, she thumbs down Joe. As Joe exits. Thanks, kids, for confirming I'm unattractive. I'm gonna go in my room and read Death in Venice and air out my balls. <laughs> Mom, that was sad. Who are you to thumbs down my father, you crap bag? Yeah, she probably got cobwebs and trolls up in there. Up in where? Her sex chimney. Look, I don't know, I'm on your side. <laughs> Okay, we're all angry at fine wine, but how do we fix this? Well, in her about me section, it says her daughter Vanessa set up the account. That's our in. She set up her mom's account like we did for dad. I'll bet her relationship with her mom is as toxic as ours is with Joe. <laughs> you read into things because you went to college. I don't read. That's why I know what's up. We're family, and my relationship with him isn't toxic. Mike, be useful for a change. Bring me a beer. Calm the fuck down! <laughs> it might be a little toxic. <laughs> Exterior street, outside classy nail salon, day five. 
Mike and Bonnie walk and talk. Mike eats cheese pops. Okay, Gerald says Vanessa just posted a picture on Instagram of her at Classy Nail. I feel guilty. Do we really want him to be happy or do we just not want to take care of him? I think you need one picture of yourself on a parent's wall to really want to take care of them. Bonnie takes the cheese puffs, eat anx eats anxiously. You know, if this was oldie times before cell phones and he fell on the floor, we'd just be finding out about it now, right? And he'd be dead. So yeah, it's great that science is keeping people alive, but that means there's a lot of old folks with a lot of time on their hands. <laughs> and it's our job to help them bang each other. <laughs> they high five. Interior, classy nail salon, moments later. Bonnie and Mike are at the counter. Bonnie picks colors. Mike spots Vanessa, 20s, beautiful, quote unquote, Jack. <laughs> there she is at my six. What? Like a clock? <laughs> Nine, 12, three, six. So the clock is lying down flat? <laughs> Interior classy nail salon later. Bonnie and Mike are on either side of Vanessa getting mani-pedis. Bonnie pretends to read a magazine while spying on Vanessa. Mike is in bliss getting a foot massage. Chen-son, get that pinky. Pull that mofo. Send it home. Yeah! <laughs> Bonnie rolls her eyes. Vanessa's eyes are closed, relaxing. Forgive my brother, he's an idiot. I'm Bonnie. By the way, Vanessa. Chin Sun starts pounding Mike's feet. Oh my God, the pounding. Why did I never know about the pounding? <laughs> Maybe he's a little bit of an idiot, but he's cute. He is? Okay, Mike, say hi to Vanessa. Hi, uh, this bubbly water is like salsa for your feet. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he is really enjoying this. Well, he deserves it. He's been doing such a great job taking care of our dad. I mean, I'm comfortable using the word hero. <laughs> oh my God, I am so sorry. Is your dad sick? Oh no, I mean, he hurt his back, but he is very vital and hot. If that's not weird to say, your face says it was. Uh, is he a little lonely? Yes. Oh, well, my mom's lonely too. Oh my God, you have a mom. Mm -hmm. And we have a dad? Only in Manhattan, Mike. Did you hear that? Chenson, <laughs> I want to have your baby. Bonnie throws her magazine at Mike. What? Vanessa's mom is lonely, like dad. So? <laughs> oh, right. Uh, your mom should hook up with our father. Well, my mom never likes anyone, though. Um, and I'm 100% single, FYI. Why don't you and Mike go on a double date with our dad and your mom? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Bonnie. She don't know. <laughs> Bonnie, with wet nails and toes, duck walks over to Mike. What the FNF? Look, Kibi is the FNF. I'm trying to get back together with her. You don't want to make a black woman mad at you. She kicked you out. At the very least, you're on a break. When Bob and I were on a break, I slept with two guys. Well, one and a half, I fell asleep. <laughs> when Bob found out, he dumped you. It's one date. If we can set Dad up with somebody, all our problems will be solved. Right. And that's what I'm doing. Solving problems by going out with a hot girl. That is the point of this. <laughs> Bonnie Duck walks back to her chair. 
my brother and I were just talking casually, and you guys need to do this. I mean, I feel chemistry between you two that's making me kind of uncomfortable. And Chin Sun, right? Nod, Chin Sun. See, she's nodding. Well, uh, if you're into it, I'm into it. He's into it. He's into it. This is why people write shows about New York, because crazy romantic things happen all the time. Interior, Joe's apartment, Joe's bedroom closet, night six. Bonnie ties Joe's tie, Mike brushes him with a lint roller. Yeah, hopefully I get this much action on the actual date. That was a clue that I'd like to do de-lint my own crotch. <laughs> Joe takes the lint roller. So how do I look? Like Jewish Sean Connery. Your eyebrows are kind of homelessy. <laughs> she reaches into her purse for tweezers. Joe can she see she has a wheel of brie in there. Why do you have cheese in there? Mike reaches in and grabs the cheese. Isn't cheese one of your trigger foods? Trigger? Are you quoting Jay-Z again? <laughs> Tigger, Tigger the wackadoo tiger from Winnie the Pooh. She eats cheese. She goes wackadoo. It's trigger, and I'm cured now. Give me the cheese. But it's my fun. <laughs> fine. I'll call Cam. No, no, he's got to ride the motorcycle. Doctor said I should. We'll take a pain pill. In fact, let's both take one. That's why they their mouths. They both down them. Mike will drive. The motorcycle's the best thing about you. You've already got a cane. Why not? Go full pen? Yes, that's my goal in life, to be mistaken for a procurer of women. <laughs> Exterior street later, Mike tentatively drives Joe in the motorcycle. Go faster or we'll tip over. Stop predicting bad things. <laughs> Interior restaurant later, Joe and Mike sit across from Irene and Vanessa. I'm not a crying man, but since my wife died, I've been lonely. Sure, she gained some weight over the years, but her eyes, <laughs> they just killed me. Her eyes were my Viagra. What my dad is trying to say is, he knows how to love. <laughs> Even if I never love anyone again. I'm sure you will. But we don't know. We know. But we can know the future. Wait, just say we know. <laughs> I'd be out on like a double date with my mom. <laughs> Come on, you two could be sisters, right, Dad? I mean, say something positive. <laughs> it's nice to see my son out with a white woman. <laughs> uh, interior restaurant bar moments later. <laughs> How did you get close enough to a female to conceive me? I say what I think. I always, it always worked before. Well, that ship has sailed, my friend. <laughs> You're old now. You need finesse. I told you I wasn't ready, and my back's starting to hurt. Take a pill. This lady is everything you like. She reads. She goes to the symphony. I hate that crap. Don't you want a lady who likes the same old crap as you? Uh, I guess. So stop bumming everyone out. Remember what you taught me? If you find yourself in trouble with a woman, there are only three words you need. Really? Then what? <laughs> uh, interior restaurant a little later. They're eating dinner. Irene and Joe are connecting. We see underneath the table Vanessa is rubbing Mike's leg. 
And that's how I met Hillary Clinton. <laughs> really? Then what? Mike puts Vanessa's hand and, and removes it from his leg. I went home. Really? Then what? <laughs> Vanessa puts her hand back and starts moving it up Mike's thigh. I love how interested you are. You're a great listener. I, uh, I don't know the gentlemanly way to ask this question. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> are you touching my penis intentionally or accidentally? <laughs> well, okay, okay, intentionally, got it. Mike's phone vibrates. It's Kibi. He gets up from the table. Hey, baby, I'm doing uh, laundry in an, an ironic laundromat. That's why there's live music. Yeah, you, you gotta come to this laundromat one day. It's like it's totally amazing. What? Of course I can come over. Back at the table. Yawn. I'm beat. <laughs> he makes a check sign to a passing waiter. Oh, but I wanted dessert. What are you doing? <laughs> Kibi wants uh, me to come over. Oh, screw her. She's not right for you anyway. Cause she's black. Because she's a lawyer and you're an idiot. <laughs> Don't ruin this. I know I was resistant to dating, but I think I could get some. And now I want some. Boys, I have an idea. Let's split this party up. Yes. I mean, <laughs> if that's okay with you, Irene. I'm down. <laughs> I do not see a way out of this. End of act two. Act three, interior cab later. Vanessa is all over Mike in the cab. I've never been this attracted to a woman in my life. Are you like on something? I'm a woman who knows what she likes and goes after it. And yes, I am on something. <laughs> well, could you stop touching my dick for like five seconds? Oh, but he's so lonely. He's not, he's not. He's contemplative. It's different, look. You're very attractive, and I'd give anything to take advantage of whatever it is you're on. But as I said, I'm a gentleman, and I got the poops. <laughs> hey, buddy, can you let me out? The cab stops. Mike starts to get out. Oh, are you sure? Vanessa takes her top off. Mike takes off his jacket and drapes it over her. Really? After I just told you I have the poops? <laughs> You need to do some thinking about your life. <laughs> As he exits to the cab, to the cabbie. Take her home immediately. That girl ain't right. Interior, Italian cheese store, same time. A cashier finishes wrapping up an assortment of cheeses for Bonnie. And the, and the brie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, the brie. You said uh, three times brie? You having a party? Oh, what do you care? <laughs> Interior, Irene's apartment, same time. Irene pours wine for herself and Joe. Wine. Ladies like wine. Wine, dainty goblets, tiny chatskis, colored mauve. Joe, down, Joe downs his wine, pours himself some more, and crosses to a credenza full of snow globes. He starts picking them up and shaking them. My husband and I sailed the world together, but he's dead now. <laughs> Irene crosses to him and poses seductively. And I'm alive. <laughs> me too, me too, yay for life. So, <laughs> I haven't been alone with a woman in a, in a while. Do you guys still put on a ton of a, unnecessary pillows on the bed? <laughs> 
Would you like to find out? <laughs> well, I, I, did, I didn't imply we should. Wait, what am I talking about? What am I talking about in this? <laughs> Joe grabs her and kisses her. He pulls back to look in her eyes and sees he's holding her wig in his hand. What the? F <laughs> Joe turns and knocks over the snow globes. He doubles over. My back! <laughs> Interior, Irene's bathroom. Moments later, Joe splashes water on his face and tries to straighten himself up unsuccessfully. He fumbles around in his pocket for his pain pills. He finds them, opens them, and they fall into the sink. Intercut with interior street, uh, whatever. Walking down the street, Bonnie eats some brie quickly, getting it on her face, hair, and jacket. Her phone rings. It's Joe. Hello? Uh, Joe talks in a furious sato. Uh, you gotta get me out. She's bald. I'm on a bald date. It threw me. Made me a jerking motion and hurt my back, and now I'm hiding in the bathroom. Wait, the, the full Vin Diesel or like tufts around the ears like Uncle Ira? What difference does it make? I can't have sex with either. I need hair on, my, on the head of my woman and a mouth full of teeth. Call me shallow, but I don't do hairless or toothless. <laughs> Bonnie and Joe share a laugh. Irene knocks on the door. Are you all right? Joe, surprised again, tries to stand upright, injuring his back even more as he lies down on the floor. I'm fine. He tries to get up. He can't. He reaches for the doorknob. I'm not fine. It's Help me and call your brother. Okay. Wait. Wait a minute. You called me first? I don't have time for this. She catches a reflection in a window, brie everywhere. She throws the cheese in the trash and dies high. Interior, Kiwi's apartment, same time. Mike pours Kiwi a glass of wine. This night is all about you. Everything in my life is all about... Mike's phone vibrates. It's Bonnie. <sighs> Hold up. Bald? That's fun. I'll be right there. <laughs> Interior, Irene's apartment, later. Bonnie and Kiwi watch as Mike tries to pick the lock. Bobby Pin? Bonnie hands him one. Mike tries it, then... Uh, credit card? Keepy hands him one. He tries it then. Uh, this ain't gonna work. Why not? I don't know how to do it. Well, let me try. <laughs> okay, let me try. I mean, he did call me first. Hello, I'm dying. Bonnie tries the door. Irene enters. Oh, the locksmith said he's on his way. Did you hear that, Dad? The locksmith's on his way. So, you just hang tight. If I could hang myself, I would. <laughs> I saw a paraplegic dog drag itself across the floor to get a treat on YouTube. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah, what about what about rolling? Can you roll like a ball? You think I haven't tried rolling? That was my first move. This is the worst date I've ever been on. He, he doesn't mean it. You be nice to Irene, you. Why? This night is blown. You should have glued that wig on, Irene. <laughs> Uh, yes, please. Get these awful people out of here. Lady, I just opened doors. Irene <laughs> guides the locksmith over to the door. Kiwi puts her arm around Mike. You're a good son, baby. I am, aren't I? You should kiss me. Mm -hmm. You give Mike a kiss. Aw, oh, that's nice. I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and my jacket's covered in cheese. Just then, Vanessa enters. Mom, is everything all right? 
Mike. Vanessa? How do you know her? How do you know him? <laughs> uh, well, we were on a date earlier. You were what? Well, it's, uh, see, uh, it's uh, Bonnie. You wanna? Okay, he only went out with her to get Irene to date Joe. <gasps> Mom, did you hear that they were pimping you out? I just want to put on the Daily Show and take a pill. <laughs> Actually, we were, we were pimping our dad out. It wasn't a real date. Well, it felt real when we were making out in the cab. You were all over me. She was all over me. Kimi starts to leave. Bonnie runs after her. In the background, locksmith alters the door so that Joe hears the following. Kimi, this is all my fault, okay? I pushed him into the date because I was sick and tired of taking care of Joe. Yeah, she's the bad person. Kimi starts to soften. But when you think about it, this is kind of your fault, too, because you kicked him out without defining where your relationship is. Kimi. <laughs> Why? Never tell a black woman something is her fault. Black women have a lot of rules. <laughs> Mike and Bonnie cross to help Joe up. You're sick of taking care of me? What has it been, a couple of weeks? I've been taking care of you for, how old are you? I'm your daughter and you don't know how old I am? The question isn't how long I've been taking care of you, the question is why, when you don't even have pictures of me on your wall. When your mother left, she took you with her, and I let her. I don't have pictures up because they remind me I, I didn't fight harder to keep my beautiful, chubby little girl. I should have thrown a ball around and made you run after it. Bonnie crosses to hug I hate running. This is exactly what I wanted. My family together, getting all Cathartic and shit in a stranger's vestibule. Mike <laughs> Tearful throws himself into the hug. I don't know what you're crying about. I was great to you. I love you, you idiots. I love, I love you, too. you too. I'm giving you a very bad review on the website. <laughs> <laughs> Interior Joe's apartment living room. Later, a shaky mic climbs the ladder. Bonnie and Joe watch. We can't tell how high he is or where he is. I can't breathe. Is the air thinner up here? Dad, say something encouraging to give me strength. That's a nice shirt. <laughs> Good enough. Hey, what was that? Reveal he is barely off the ground in Joe's living room. I'm touching your foot. I can jump higher than you currently are. Stop mocking me and hand me the picture. Bonnie hands Mike a framed picture of young Bonnie and younger Joe on his motorcycle. Joe hands him a hammer and nail. As Mike starts hanging the picture, Joe puts his arm around Bonnie. She lays her head on his shoulder. That's better. Mike turns to see them. He smiles. It's perfect. Oh, I gotta get a picture of that. He reaches into his pocket for his cell. Don't move. This is going to be a great angle. Just then, we hear from the apartment above blaring, Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> this coming from the guy who once threw his shoe at a swan. <laughs> it's called protecting your sandwich. What the fuck? <laughs> Mike falls from the ladder. Bonnie and Joe run to him. My back. What did I tell you? Non-stop. Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> That is our show. Uh, thank you to Matt and Mark and Mal at Arts and Sciences for uh, letting me do this that first time and other times since. It was just like a crazy idea I had. Thank you guys so much. 
Um, uh, thank you to, to Ben Cornelius for uh, recording that one. Thank you uh, to Ethan Walter for helping clean up the sound. Thank you to Noah Findling for all of your work uh, on editing these and social media. Uh, let's see. Thanks to Ted Leo for the theme song. Courtney Hyde for our logo. Thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, we'll be back in a few weeks.